0: You're listening to the DFS On Deck podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at linestarapp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo! What's up, everybody? It's me. Joey P, Joe P, Zapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's me, and it's it's not Chris Meany. No, it's Greg Landry. That's right, because Chris Meany is away. He has too many friends, all of whom are getting married, because that's what happens when you're from age 28 to 33 or 34. Everyone you know gets married, and you have to go to a wedding every weekend. So Chris Meany's too nice. Everyone likes him too much because he's Canadian, and he's in another wedding. So He's gone right now, but that's okay because our boy from Star, Greg Landry, is back in the house. Greg, how the hell are you, my friend? I think I'm
1: cursed, Joe. The uh, the, <laughs> la- the last <laughs> time I was start. on the show with Chris, uh-huh. uh, it was an awful pitching slate, and we we spent a bunch of time trying to talk ourselves into Homer Bailey, and then here we are again. Homer Bailey is the third most expensive pitcher on the slate today. <laughs> You're right. I saw that this morning,
0: it's and I remember. So I remember that show. I did. I did check it out because because uh, were, we're a team here at Line Star, and I did. Uh, I did check it out, and I appreciate you filling in for me. I want to say when I was away with my kids on vacation, I want to say that's when that was because. Uh, yes, I try my best never to miss shows. I'm. I'm. I'm like that. I'm not like Andrew Luck where I just throw in the towel. You know, if so oh. I'm just not feeling it that day. Uh, <laughs> see what I did there? Oh, I stirred the pot. I'm kidding it's that a might joke, everybody. Doomed. <laughs> i know right take a dig a deep breath but you are right homer bailey is uh is back on this sl- it's like a ghost it's like it's haunting you
1: greg it's unbelievable yeah dan if you're listening you should probably stop letting me come on these because it just does not work out for anybody
0: well look i will do my best to police today that's that's my plan so obviously uh you can follow greg on twitter at gp underscore landry so uh greg
1: talk about some of the stuff you do for line Star real quick too just to pop you a little bit yeah, I'm like the uh the weekend coverage guy and the and the fill in guy. I, I used to be the primary writer, um, but I had some changes in my personal life with my job and stuff. So uh Ryan Humphreys now uh, has taken over those and, and I fill in on weekends. I cover baseball uh and and basketball on the weekends. Um and then I'll be doing a post NFL slate this year, which I'm pretty excited by. I did not do any NFL last year, so I'm excited to yes. get involved on that side of things.
0: Yeah. Speaking of NFL, too, we got another NFL show coming out this week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be the South show, I believe, is this week. And then next week we got the West coming out. So lots going on there. We're very excited. And uh, look, it's uh, it's the pre-snap show. So go over, subscribe and get ready <clears throat> because we're ready. And of course, you know, we uh, will have to record uh, probably re- some of the uh, Indianapolis Colts section <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh man. I know we're talking football, but like, I don't remember in sports a bomb like that dropping the way it dropped and how it did. And uh, it's, it's just mind-blowing. But that doesn't matter because today is Monday. It's a new day. Yes, it is. And uh, before we get after that, we're going to do a quick recap of yesterday. So Santander, five hits against the Rays. I've been plugging this guy, Greg, for, I don't know, like the last month, I feel like. And uh, Meany's been all over VR. He went yard yesterday too. So even though the Orioles are giving up a ton of home runs, they're taking some back on the other side. And it's the, the top of this order that nobody seems to care
1: about. And it's Villar and it's Santander, and these guys are still being productive. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think that Baltimore lineup. There, it's Baltimore and Toronto, both kind of the, the bottom of that of the uh, of the AL East. Like there's upside in those bats, even though their records are obviously not teams that you necessarily want to go after. But there, there, there's cheap upside in in the bats if you can find them on the right night. Yeah,
0: agreed. We also had uh, Francisco Lindor his 23rd home run, Fremuel Reyes with two of his own. He's up to 32, so that's incredible power production. Solaire with his 36, but some bad news there for the uh, the Indians. Jose Ramirez ham apone. That's
1: never a good thing, dude. Right no not at all uh he's probably gonna be done you would think for the rest of the year right how does this affect him going into next year in your thought like I
0: I know it's I know it's like well he's got a whole off season but we've seen that injury kind of zap some guys from being the player they used to be I've seen it you know some guys have had multiple uh on each hand that's happened before but uh, this is one of those injuries that I'm when I see that I just kind of I cringe a little bit and I go oh man this is not the best thing right now and you know, especially because his value coming into this year was high and then he struggled early on. And I feel like he's kind of rebounding with the value just a bit where people are buying back in and then this happens. And I feel like we might be back to square one. How do you feel about him heading into next year? Do you shrug this off or is there a little bit of concern in the back of your head?
1: No, no, there's definitely concern. I mean, you you hit the nail on the head just just the the trend with him this year how he was one of the what, he was a top 5 pick in in most season-long leagues and and he just has not lived up to that whatsoever and and now this happening, this could be the beginning of a permanent, you know, downswing for him.
0: All right, Stephen Matz lost at home and uh, Josh Donaldson hit two home runs and that means that again, I'm getting back into check of of being a Mets fan. And saying, okay, good, we lost some more. Now I won't, I'm going to just temper my expectations some more and keep beating me back down to a place where I know how this is going to end and stop getting all excited about the Mets being good because that's what happens. Aaron Nola lost, but Reese Hoskins had a dinger. Uh, so we got uh, some wacky stuff going on. Eugenio Suarez was a 35th home run. This was another guy that started off pretty cold. And when you look up at the board, he's got 35 dingers. I almost feel like we're back in the back in the PED days like everybody's hitting 30 dingers again and i'm kind of loving it i know some people
1: hate it it's like oh it's not baseball it's like well you know what but it's fun for fantasy yeah it it it, may, it makes it more exciting to watch i don't exactly want to encourage cheating but it does make it more fun to watch. i do i want to encourage cheating i will give i will <laughs> i will supply it
0: it was great the only thing is i wish the pitchers would get on it again That's <laughs> that's the problem that's fair those guys need something because uh, these five and two thirds outings, man, I've had about enough. Speaking of five and two thirds, Robbie Ray got a W Robbie five and two thirds, as we like to call him here on the show, uh, Dakota Hudson. I'm sorry, not Dakota Hudson, the wrong Hudson, my bad there. Uh, Those, the Cubs and uh, nationals to seven, five, the Nats over the Cubs Schwarber with his 30th. Another guy, you look up 30 home runs, Anthony Rendon, you look up 29 home runs. It's unbelievable. Mark Cano, who I did a write up in the TQE about, uh, he hit two home runs as well on Sunday. So, again, the bombs just keep coming. Machado, 27th. JD is 31st. Kershaw with the loss there. Uh, the Yankees uh, outbeat outbeat uh, Mr. Kershaw there. And Aaron Judge with his 16th. Judge has been a guy that we've been keeping, you know, in our lineups because the price has been repressed. And it's always a matter of, hey, the talent is there, the power is there. Just give it time. Keep putting him in lineups. And it's starting to pay off a little bit. Greg, have you had that same experience with uh, Mr. Judge?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure what we watched last night is a preview of October. Yeah, that's what I've been saying as well. And last but certainly not least, oh my goodness,
0: the bobblehead doll is official. 24 home runs for Jose Altuve, my boy Ariel Cohen, who uh is a man of his word. You can follow him on Twitter at ATCNY. He's a very good baseball guy. He does some uh, writing for a couple sites and uh we had a board bet that Jose Altuve would not hit 24 home runs. I said, of course he will. That's what he does. He hits bombs. And he laughed at me. He said, no way. That's it. And I said, if I win and he hits 24, I get a bobblehead of Jose Altuve. And he hit 24 before September 1st. And that was with a stint on the DL. Uh, there's going to be some champagne popped. I just want you to know when Chris Meany comes back, because we're going to bring this back again, because I'm, I'm super <laughs> excited. And, and Greg, it's the... Uh, it's the one with uh, Jose Altuve on the uh, Iron Throne from Game of Thrones.
1: So that's um, that, that's that the makes one. it so
0: much better. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent does. So again, that's it. That puts that one in the books. We're gonna try our best now to move on to Monday and not ruin our night with Homer Bailey. Now, look, this is a tough. This is a tough one, man. I don't know if there is one cash game arm out there except one, the guy on the Reds, and we'll get to him in a minute. But just with a quick look here, this is one of the trickier slates. And uh, don't worry, Greg, you know, I will take all the heat if things go wrong here. But (laughs) like, let's start with Milwaukee and let's start with Gio Gonzalez at home against Adam Wainwright. Uh, Again, I I want none of these two guys in terms of pitchers. Let's talk about offense. What do you look at as good return on investment today in these lineups? Is there a way that you're going? Goldschmidt's been hot. He's still 3-7. What pops to you right away in this one?
1: Yeah, Goldschmidt is is standing out. He's one of the he's listed as one of the better values on line star. Uh, I've always been someone who followed the the motto of death taxes and Goldschmidt against Goldschmidt against lefties. Uh, it hasn't been as automatic this year as it has been in past years, but he's been better in the second half. So he's one of my favorite bats on the slate.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Keston Hure is at three six. Uh, Mike Bustak is at three seven. Those are good values there against Adam Wainwright too. I always like I like Moose. You know, Moose is another guy who had thirty bombs this year that I feel like nobody cares about. You know, right. I feel like there's so many of them now. Now it's kind of going under the radar a little bit uh, on the DK side. How do you deal with this? Because we all know when you get to the yellow, sh- you know, he's five, eight. It's it's very expensive. Keston here has always been five, which is amazing. They just it was like day one. I feel like Keston Hura was
1: overpriced over there, which is a shame. Um, so how do you approach this on DK? I think for me today, I'm, I'm going to lock in Sonny Gray just because I think just think you have to stop worrying about ownership and just have to take the raw points and then I'm probably going to throw some darts at sb 2 with some cheaper guys and hope for the best and then that should free up some room to be able to fill in some of these bats and some of these more expensive bats all right well let's jump to sonny gray
0: because sonny gray is like the only (laughs) only guy that I feel like we can look at and go okay and he is 11-3 on Fanduel, 11-2 on dk you're getting no quarter anywhere you're getting none it's like we know we know he's the only guy and this slate is, is nonsense and it's going to be frustrating, but eleven I'm still all in, especially against Miami. I mean, it's going to be, I mean, like the ownership on this is going to be through the roof just by default. So I guess here's the question. Does it matter? Is this like the trap of all traps because he's the only guy and because everybody else is going to look at it as the ownership being high and it's going to be best sunny gray lineup wins. So how do you approach that from an ownership standpoint? Do you care? Number one, that's my question to you.
1: It's it's tough. Um, my, my gut says you sh- you you can't care because the slate is just that rough, and and he's been that good. Um, I mean, he's he's coming off two consecutive starts with ten strikeouts. He's been lights out since the All Star break. Thirty two point one percent strikeout rate, one six eight ERA. Uh, I think the most impressive part about Gray for me is he's done it against some really, really tough opponents. Like he's been at Coors, at Wrigley, uh, at the Brewers, at Atlanta. Um, and then he's faced the Cubs and Cardinals at home as well. Like his last 10 starts have all been against, with the exception of the Pirates and the Padres, like like playoff content- contending teams.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that's the the way to go on this. And I guess here's my only question, too, in this, because the ownership is so damn high. Is there anything – and, you know, everybody's just on it and Sunny Gray is the only thing, blah, blah, blah. Is there any love at all for Pablo Lopez on the opposite side of this? Just in the I, one-off because of the swing that that makes. Not in cash, obviously, but from a GPP perspective. Is Pablo Lopez the guy tonight because of that? I think you have to.
1: Um, You know, it's – and I mean, the I, Marlins showed up one... the other
0: night too. Like the Marlins – every now and then the Marlins show up and they like put a drop like an eight spot on somebody.
1: Yeah. You know, with, with Lopez, I'm not usually wanted to target guys coming right off the, the IL, but he was pretty solid before you went on, on the injured list. Um, and, you know, if you take out that one really bad start he had against the the Mets where he gave up 10 earned runs uh, you know, his numbers would be even better. Um, he's cheap enough where I think he can pay off. I'm a little bit worried about how far into the game he'll go. Uh, I think he threw 70 pitches in his rehab outing. So he's probably going to be like in the 80 to 90 range. So it's it's risky, but given the options we have today, I don't I don't hate it.
0: Yeah, I, I I would agree. I think I think you have to think about it, and I think because he's coming off the injury, because of all those things you talked about, um, because Sonny Gray, all of that kind of again, I'm not saying it's a single entry play, but in terms of multi-entry, I think it would be wise to have a Pablo Lopez share tonight. I just I feel like that's just the way to go because yep. the swing is so momentous if that happens. Or sometimes you just got to go at the one guy on the board and just try to take him out. And if you can, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of Sonny Gray in tournaments tonight, because people are going to look at it and go, well, you know, I'm just going to take this cash game lineup and flip it over into GPP just because everything else sucks. And if Sonny Gray has a big outing and I have the right Sonny Gray lineup, then I'm in good shape. The other guy that kind of, like, you know, what, let's stick with the, um, let's stick with the bats here for a second, because I just want to point out on DK, Eugenio Suarez, 39, 3.9. What, what? How is that possible right now, considering what he's done recently? I don't, I don't care if it's a righty-righty matchup. I just don't care. Aquino is four point seven. God bless him; he deserves to be up in the fours. But how is Eugenio Suarez under four right now on DK of all places?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, a lot of these reds bats <laughs> are pretty cheap. So uh, even as I talk about how I do kind of like Pablo Lopez, uh, I'm definitely going to have my fair share of red lineups as well.
0: Yeah, and look, it's. Paulo Lopez doesn't have to be earth shattering. He just has to somehow get the balance of the ball and win a three two kind of game, like, and that's that's right. possible. We're a four five kind of game. That that's all that needs to happen here. But Suarez is three six over on uh, FanDuel side. Freddie Galvis at two seven. Another guy who we keep talking about. He's just four. Like Freddie Galvis is more than Eugenio Suarez. And I just uh, that is one where tonight on DK that's such a weird anomaly because their pricing's been so tight all year with uh, with offense. This one makes no sense to me. Let's talk about one guy, too, that we have to, from the pitching standpoint, that I think is also in play, and he scares the crap out of me all the time, and it's Jason Vargas. Now, Vargas, obviously not a big strikeout pitcher. Tonight's the kind of night where it doesn't matter. Musgrove has been terrible. This one's on the road, in the little ballpark. I think there's a lot of reasons to feel like the Phillies are battling here, and the Phillies are getting involved, and and I think that's... You know, something that I said was going to happen over time. You know, when you put a lot of new pieces together on a team, it takes a while to gel. And I think that's what the Phillies were. Real Muto was new, Segura's new, Harper's new, all these new pieces. It just takes time. And they're starting to gel here in the second half, as was to be expected. Now, they got to win games when Aaron Nola takes the hill. You can't lose those games. But still, it is what it is. And we all know with Bryce Harper, missing time and everything. But Jason Vargas and I at 7.9 over on DK, oh, it's 6.8 on FanDuel. How do you feel about him tonight or is this a trap guy
1: for you against Pittsburgh? Uh so I've been very much pitchers uh, left-handed pitchers against Pittsburgh all season. Right. But I I think on this slate I think because he's probably going to be pretty popular I think I'm going to go the other way. I think I think I'm going to call this one a trap. Um I have a lot of concern about Vargas has just been pitching out of his shoes recently, but all the numbers suggest that it's not gonna last. I mean,
0: <laughs> do they ever?
1: It's like that it's- same
0: run had in Kansas City that one year and the, the beginning of that year where it was like, Oh my god, he had like a two ERA. And yeah, we're like looking at each other like
1: what the hell's going on? How can this possibly be? No, right. I mean, since since he joined Philly at 391 ERA, but a six eighteen Sierra. Uh, which is just screams regression, only a 243 up against him. He has 11 strikeouts with nine walks and just 20 – like everything here suggests he's he's prone to get killed anytime time now. Uh, I wish it wasn't Pittsburgh because I don't have a ton of faith in them, but just I think Vargas is probably going to get a lot of love because it's a lefty against Pittsburgh. So I think you, this is where you can potentially differentiate yourself with all those other Sonny Gray lineups and, and go Pirates.
0: Yeah, uh, that that certainly would. I, I, I would not uh... – I kind of lean towards with you like this kind of more of a trap just kind of load up maybe on both offenses because Musgrove's been just I mean there's another guy too. Started off pretty good and then I don't know what the unraveling is or if it's just fatigue whatever it is injury I don't know all I know is that it's not been good and that's that's a problem there but yes certainly from the bats perspective you're getting discounts on guys on FanDuel like starting Marte at 36 Josh Bell all the way down to 3-8 remember when Josh Bell was like you know, in that high four range, like four, eight, four, nine, that's come crashing back down. Right. Greg.
1: Yeah. He was, he was over five for a while it and was. Still in consideration on, on DraftKings, but it's just, yeah, th- this Pirates team has just gone complete opposite direction since the break.
0: All right. So Homer Bailey's in the next game, but he's going on against uh, my boy, Brad Keller. And I've been trying to, uh, you know, every now and then look for that Royals pitcher who has an opportunity. And, and look, this is one of those nights where sometimes you want to get a little crazy, get a little funky, with things here. And, uh, Brad Keller's look, he's not been terrible. He really has it. He's been a six inning pitcher. I think he's the underrated guy on the slate today. Uh, my problem is Oakland is just red hot. That's where I struggle with this. Now I I don't trust Homer Bailey at all, but I'm a little afraid of the Oakland lineup. However, we look at the last five starts here, uh, for Mr. Uh, Keller it's six innings, six inning, six innings, seven, 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 32 total innings, 27 Ks, nine walks just 29 hits. So I do think Brad Keller is a pivot in cash game tonight. I really do. I know that might sound a little crazy to some people, but I think it's more just the default of how ugly it is and how limited you are tonight. Now he's eight, eight on DK, but at eight K on FanDuel, I think you could do a lot with your lineup. And I think he's a responsible quality start. He might not get the win, but I feel like he could possibly get that quality start, even though the A's have been very, very strong so I'm gonna bounce it to you, Greg. Do you think I'm crazy for this take, or do you think maybe this is uh, another sneaky pivot away from Sonny Gray? Uh,
1: the uh, I worry about the strikeout upside and enough to pay off this this high salary, especially on DraftKings. Eight eight is is asking a lot on DK. Um, I get it. I get. Yeah,
0: FanDuel I mean, is where I'm intrigued by it.
1: Yeah, just one pitcher site. Your one pitcher being Brad Keller against Oakland. It, It's a little bit, it's a little too rich and a little bit too risky for my blood, but I I don't, I I understand your argument. I just don't. You can hate it. This is a free space, Greg. I know you and I haven't done shows together, but I don't mind. You can
0: come at me and tell me it sucks. (laughs) I'm all about it, man. (laughs) No, I mean, the the bottom line is nothing
1: sucks tonight because the whole slate sucks. (laughs) Everything, everything sucks pretty much. except
0: Could you imagine that's where we're at in life? If I told you this last year, right? If I told you like, I don't know, like August 25th or 26th, of last year, hey, guess what? Next year you're gonna have a slate where everything sucks except Sonny Gray. That's the one guy you want, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> oh man, but look, Mark connor at three point two, still a guy. If you're uh, not on the Brad Keller train with me, Matt Olson at three <clears> three. <throat> There's some significant power there, obviously, on the DraftKings side in terms of value, far less um in terms of you know connor's up to 4-8 now he's ahead of olsen even chris davis at 3-3 three, three. what a what a lost season i feel like for chris davis it's becoming that which is sad because this guy was as oh man as solid as they come as predictable as they come and then this year it's just for whatever reason the combination of bad things happening just hasn't worked out man
1: yeah, he's 3-3 three, three on on DraftKings. that's that's insane. How low, when do you is. start I
0: mean, taking shots at him again? Do you, do you, or you just let it go now?
1: I, I have been, I've, I've had at least shares of him in every night, just hoping that he just gets a hold of one and it just breaks the slate. But so far it's, it hasn't happened.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Alex Young versus Tyler Beattie. Uh, again, I got no love for any, any of the pitchers here. So from an offensive standpoint, what pops to you on either side in terms of value or stacking or where would you go?
1: I, I don't love the ballpark. I think that's what's scaring me off of this game. Uh, entirely. Uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, both of these guys, I mean, BD's given up 11 home runs in his last six starts. Like everything says we should be playing tons of Diamondbacks, but I just hate playing bats in this ballpark.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I kind of agree. It's kind of a fade for me. So let's go with Jay Happ, who's also been a fade for me. And uh, he's going against Seattle tonight. And look, man, you know, I, it's the Yankee lineup is, is see, this is why, this is why I kind of look at it and I go, Hmm, you know, Brad Keller at eight, man, it lets me kind of get involved with the Yankees a little bit. lets me get involved with some of the reds a little bit. It us me get involved in some of the lineups that I really like tonight in terms of potential output. And that's kind of where I guess the Brad Keller thing kind of pops in too. So I'm not in on J half tonight, not against the Mariners. I know, you know, people say, well, it's the Mariners, whatever, but, I I just don't trust I have zero faith in Jay hap at this point too. Like he's been such a train wreck all year. Uh, You're getting a huge discount though. at six, five. Do you like the discount on FanDuel enough to take that shot or are you another? uh, No, no more Jay hap, not taking any more shots on him.
1: I I just, I don't see how we can do it. Seven twenty one ERA one, six, four whip and only 18% strikeouts in his last 10 starts. Like Seattle, Seattle is a last place team, but there's, Definitely some pop in their lineup. I think I'm more likely to play Mariners bats tonight and hope that other people see J a happen and, and take shots on him because pitching is so bad that they just see a name that they recognize and they're like, sure, let's throw this guy in there. And, and then I'll have shares of the other side.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, I look, I think that there's some, there's, you're looking for the more oppo love where you're looking okay, how can I get a little weird tonight? That's Seattle lineup. <laughs> That's how you get a little weird tonight. And you just go right against J You Maybe you get Nola uh, Austin Nola in there. I'm trying to think of where else, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, it's because they are a more left-handed lineup anyway. And that's, that's where, that's where normally this would go. Okay. Well, I got a lefty, even if he's marginal, but Hap's been so bad. I just can't on the Yankee side, in terms of value, not that much to be had anymore. Everybody's kind of up in the four range. So everybody, you're basically getting what you paid for. No one's out of control. No one's like four, eight or anything like that. But pretty much if you want a good Yankee bat, it's going to cost you 4k over there over on DK. Same kind of deal. You're not getting much of a discount anywhere. Uh, Urshela in the cleanup spot at 4-3. You're getting a discount if he's there. Last but not least, Dustin May, who's 8.5 on DK, taking on Eric Lauer, who's 6-7 on the FanDuel side. Dustin May is just 6.2. Lauer is 6-3. So tell me about Dustin May here. We know the Padres are a lineup that strikes out. We know they're not the same without Tatis in that lineup. What do you think about Dustin May? My concern is, again, he's limited in terms of pitches limited in terms of innings and that always scares me that even if he pitches well you might not get a quality start you might not go w just because of how the game shakes out so what's your take on dustin may tonight is it
1: worth it because of the slate i mean on Fanduel, yeah at 6.2k he's the second cheapest pitcher on the slate so i don't i'm not really worried about how deep he goes i think there's enough there to pay off such a cheap salary um on on DraftKings, it's it's a tougher sell um but you know, you were talking about Brad Ke- Keller earlier. I think this is the guy that I will go with over Keller and and take the risk that hopefully he can get at least six innings in here. Um, you know, he's had he's been solid. You know, in his three starts, uh, three ninety nine Sierra, one point one two WHIP, 22.1% strikeouts, uh, and only three percent walks. Uh, he his numbers are skewed right now because he he came in in relief his last time out against the Braves and he got and he got crushed. But his three starts, he's been he's been okay.
0: All right, uh, yeah, I. I uh, it's such a weird night such a limited kind of situation where i'm with you i think i did fandle i take the shot on dk i have a i have a lot of hesitation i just i'd rather go with keller for about the same price because i feel like i i have a shot there to get the w where i think the Dustin may w is just tricky it's just a trickier sell and look you know the padres show up every now and then too that's another team yesterday machado with the dinger yesterday um you know, it's just they've had a lot of when you take Fran Mill Reyes out of this lineup and then you take Tatis out of this lineup, it's just not the same. So on FanDuel, I really like it because you're getting the discount. You just pay up for all the big bats. You go to Milwaukee, you get your Yelich, you get everything else you possibly want. Uh, that's kind of my approach to these two guys. So from a betting line standpoint tonight, Greg, what kind of pops to you in terms of overs, in terms of parlays? What is it you got your eye on? Um, I actually which, haven't really looked which at the are What's your one thing? Like when you say, "Look at it," and you know, either an upset pick or the one thing where you go, "Hey, eh, you know what? I I like this tonight." Or you know what, uh, just stay just stay calm and you know, sunny gray it today, and just take the Reds.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm actually surprised that sunny gray's in the Reds only at minus 160. That that seems awfully low for the way Gray's been pitching the games in Miami. Uh, it seems like they're giving an awful lot of faith to Lopez coming off of his his first start off the IL. I I would have expected that number to be a lot higher.
0: All right, so let's do it. Let's call our shot. Uh, Greg, since you are a guest today, I want you to go first. I want you to have all of your choices of the entire board because uh, I think that's the right thing to do. Here's our guest. So who are you calling your shot with? Who's
1: going yard tonight? I, you know, I mentioned it earlier and and I'm going to stick with it. I, I really like Paul Goldschmidt tonight against Gio uh, Goldschmidt has a history of smashing lefties. He's been much better in the second half. I just really like the, the park shift as well. The Cardinals going into Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I, I definitely like Goldschmidt tonight. All right. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go back to back with you. I'm going to stay there on the same team. We've tried this a
0: couple of times and it's never worked. But I think, Greg, you and I have a special rapport so I'm going to go with Marcelo Zuna right behind him. Take that, Gio Gonzalez. We're going to go back-to-back tonight. Well, look, at least the, the guys are going to go back-to-back. Just two home runs, one from Goldschmidt, one from Marcelo. That's what we want. If they go back-to-back and do it, that's awesome. But I just want both those guys in the lineup taking them deep. So there you have it. That is our home run calls on the show. And you can follow Greg over on Twitter uh, at GP underscore Landry. You can follow me at Joe 17 Greg, I want to thank you again for stepping in. Uh, it's, it's incredible. You know, I stepped in here for Chris Meany, who is out all over the place. He'll be back tomorrow and he's out again later in the week because he's famous and he works for the athletic and, you know, he's flying around. He's like Ric Flair now. It's just really hard. He's getting very (laughs) big for his Canadian britches, but no, I kid, I kid. I love Chris Meany. He's the best. So, uh, Chris will be back tomorrow and we'll have obviously more DFS content for you here at Star. That'll do it for me and Greg. There's nothing left to do except step out of the on deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS on Deck podcast, brought to you by Line Star. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy
1: baseball experts Joe Pia and Chris Mini.